Welcome to Caring for Caregivers, your life support podcast, where we explore what it really means to focus on our own mental health and well-being in the face of COVID-19 and other life challenges. I'm your host, Phil Rayner, and I've been working in the behavioral health care field as a social worker, serving in clinical supervisory and management roles for over 40 years. I'd like to uh, welcome Veronica Welch to our uh, podcast today. Veronica Welch is a San Francisco Bay Area native who enjoys reading books, going to concerts, and visiting beaches in California. She possesses a master's of science in marriage, child, and family therapy with experience working with families and children who are involved with the child welfare system. In the future, she has her sights set on pursuing a career in entertainment and public relations. We'll be talking today about challenges around dealing with the multiple changes brought about in life as a result of COVID-19. Veronica, welcome. I'm so glad you could join us today. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm excited to, to talk to you. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the challenges that you face? Yeah, well, when COVID hit two years ago, I can't believe it's almost been two years. You know, I didn't really think that it was going to impact my life that much. That the like the having to work at home, I was I was excited for that because, you know, it, it is difficult, like we were saying, to get up and go into the office every day and get sit in traffic and whatnot. Um, and I thought, oh, my son will be home. I, you know, I, I have a sing, I'm a single mom. I have an 11 year old son. You know, he'll be home all day and it'll just be nice to be at home and just kind of, you know, laying low. But a couple weeks in, I just realized that this is a lot. This is a lot. But it, all of the changes were very abrupt. It was like one day going into work and just doing my normal routine and my son's on his normal routine going to school. And then like the next day, all of it was gone. It was just yeah. so abrupt. There was no preparation for it, no, no, really no warning for it. So that was, you know, kind of traumatic, just the abrupt change. And then the, the stress of working at home and having to still, um, you know, get my job done. And then, you know, my son's home and he's supposed to be, you know, doing school and I'm supposed to be navigating that process of homeschooling with him. And he's not, you know, doing all his normal things, seeing his friends and going to school and socializing with his peers and whatnot, which is critical to his social development as a child. So it was just a lot of on my on my shoulders. And then on top of like the fear of getting sick and catching COVID, you know, and so it was it was just a lot. A couple of weeks in, I started to realize, oh, this is really heavy. You know, I can't and we couldn't do our normal things. You know, you can't go to the movies. You can't go here. You can't go there. So stay at home. So it was a lot. It was just, a, I realized a couple of weeks and it was a lot of, a lot on my shoulders. So how was that stress affecting you? A couple of ways. I really, you know, retreated. I, I'm naturally like, I feel like introverted and mostly introverted. I think I have some extrovert characteristics, mm-hmm. but um, mostly introvert. I love being at home and just being, I have no problem kind of just being by myself and just keeping myself occupied but I've really gotten accustomed to doing that and like not, you know, not going anywhere that as much as I'd like to just be home and be by myself, it's just not healthy. You need social interaction and you need to be around people and have community and whatnot. But, but I'm so used to it now that like, I just don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. I just want to be at home, but it's not healthy. So that that's how that has affected me. I feel like socially, like I'm a little bit stunted, like, 
Like I don't, I don't want to go anywhere. And that's kind of weird to not want to go anywhere, but I don't. But I think uh, physically due to all the stress that kind of got brought on by COVID, I have eczema and um, the stress from all of that really broke it out for me on my face and on my skin. So you can't, it's gotten a lot better, but I can show you guys some pictures and I have makeup on right now. So you really can't tell, but I had dark patches all on my forehead, on my eyelids, on my neck. Like it was just really bad. The stress that I was under at that time, just, I had a physical reaction where my eczema, like just went full force, just dry patches, dark patches. It was just really, really bad for about six months, but I, I'm getting it and I've got it under control and it'll get, it's getting, getting better. That's so such those, a that's such a clear description of how what we are experiencing emotionally will play yeah. out in our bodies. Yeah, yeah. You know, when when COVID hit, there were a lot of I won't go into detail about it, but there are a lot of challenges and life changes with my son's dad, where my son couldn't be around him anymore, and so that changed for my son and for myself, because I was used to getting, having some time to, just to myself, not having to parent for a few days a week. Mm. That's the beauty of like co-parenting is that you do get time away. Yeah. You get a little um, breather, which, which yeah, you need as I, a single parent. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't have that. And then we're just like at home all the time and you know, all the, all the COVID changes that happened. So it was a really, 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 really stressful time. I don't know, really a lot of like, I, I, the job that I was working at the time, I started to hate it. Because I was constantly like working all the time and the adjustment period of being, of being at home all the time, like having to manage everything at home, like I would put off working. So like I'd start, I'd get up in the morning, I start working and then I would take a break for a couple of hours in the afternoon, but then I'm still, then I'm still working till nine o'clock at night. And it was just like, I was constantly working that it was just, I, I don't know. It would just made the days really long and really stressful. And then the job that I had at the time, working with foster youth and foster families, we couldn't do any of our in-person visits or any meetings. So everything got switched virtually. It was just so, it, it, there were a lot of changes. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and a lot of changes bring about their own stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you respond? You know, it, obviously you were aware and recognizing that the stress was, was affecting you, what kinds of responses were you able to develop to deal with the stress? Like a month or so before COVID hit, I had started seeing a therapist through my medical provider. And then when COVID hit, everything got kind of put on pause. I think while the world kind of figured out how they're going to do everything. But I want to say maybe in June or July of 2020, I Called my th- I called my therapist back up and I started seeing my therapist again twice a month virtually. Virtually, um, so that was a big help just to have that outlet to talk things through with somebody. And I was already somewhat familiar with her because I I'd seen her for about two months before things got shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I returned to therapy. I started reading a lot of books again to kind of occupy my time and just take my mind off of, you know, what was going on. When I was growing up, I loved to read books and I, and I never really lost that love of reading. But as you get older, you know, you just get busier and kind of as you get into like your teens and your 20s, like socializing becomes a little bit more important than like the things you like to do for yourself, I feel like. So mm-hmm. I kind of lost yep. that. So um, 
I started just reading. I started reading just pretty much. I like to read at night. So, you know, at, at, at bedtime to open up a book and just escape and read. And it's, um, you know, I put, I, when I'm reading, I'll put on like nature sounds, calming sounds, you know, meditation music. Um, and it just really calms me down. I, I can escape from, you know, my life and what's going on. It just relaxes me before bed. It helps me fall asleep. So yeah, I started reading a lot more. I started going to the library library again. Um, although it wasn't open, you could order books online and just go pick them up. Drive, they had a drive through thing. So I started doing that. And what else did I do? I started, I started going on walks a lot more. Throughout the past couple of years and some of the challenges I've had, I, I've, I've started to identify my coping skills. But with COVID, I really realized uh, walking is a huge stress reliever for me just to be outside, to feel the air. It's difficult in where I live in Fresno in, in the summers. It's so hot, but um, the walks still help even when it's really hot outside. Just to be outside, you know, just to get out, get out of the house and just to move my body put on some music or sometimes I don't put music on. I just think and just walk. And so, yeah, I started walking a lot more. I'll walk every, at least once a day, but sometimes in the morning and like in the evening before it gets dark, just nothing strenuous or like long, just a quick walk, like around this little neighborhood here. What are some of the benefits that you notice from that walking? Well, physically, like it, it is exercise, you know, it's not like you're running on a treadmill or doing Zumba, but it is exercise. So physically, like, I feel like I felt better. Mentally, I just felt clearer, just, just being outside in the air, in the air, you know, and just feeling, breathing the fresh air. I felt a lot helps, like just helps clear my mind. I always go by myself, but I usually don't like to have anybody with me. So I just get alone time to just be with myself. I'm always so impressed with how something as simple as a walk can have so many benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, it just helps clear my mind and just, I just feel better about myself after I walk, so. Yeah. And it's free. That's the thing too. It's free. You don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to um, pay to go on a walk. So. Right. You're not having to, to put out a, like a thousand dollar gym no. a year gym membership. You don't, to do that. No. Yeah. You can just go on a walk anytime you want. And um, yeah, so it's nice. And, and also in a weird way, it helped me being able to go on walks. Actually, this isn't weird, but being able to go on walks helps me helps me with gratitude because I'm like, wow, at least I can get up and move my body and move my legs and go on a walk because some people can't do that. You know, they're ill, they don't feel well, or they don't have their legs or they're not, you know, like at least I can do that. So I should be grateful that I have a body that can move. So. And you mentioned gratitude. I think that that's some, a concept that many people have found to be an important part of, you know, their well-being and, and a self-care practice. What makes, what have you found to be important about developing a gratitude practice? Um, I think it's something that you have to do daily. And I think it's something that you, you have to find the little things that you're grateful for. For a long time, I always looked at like my life as a whole and was like, oh, I don't have this. I don't have that. This happened to me. But, you know, I've learned to be grateful for the the things, little things like I can go on a walk every day or have clean drinking water because in many countries they don't, or um, I have a place to live. I live, I live in a two bedroom apartment. I wish I had a bigger place to live, but I don't. This is what I, where I live right now. This is what I can afford as a single parent. And I'm grateful to have this home and to make it, you know, make it a home for myself and my son. 
Yeah. So I think it's, it's a daily practice and I think you have to find the little things to be grateful for. And sometimes it's not going to be the big things. Like I got, I was able to buy a new car. I was able to go on vacation to Hawaii or whatever. Sometimes it's just going to be the small things. Like I have food in the fridge. Like I'm alive, you know, just the little things that you have to really be, uh, be grateful for. And I think those are the things that matter because like, you know, I mean, when you're, when all of a sudden done, like in life, like it's not going to matter what kind of cars you drove or whatever. It's going to be like the quality of your quality of life that really mattered. So that's what I try to find gratitude in just those little things. And I, and I have a routine. This is another way that I've coped with COVID. Um, I have a morning routine now that I, um, every morning I get up, I read from a daily devotional book because I'm Mm -hmm. a chef. So I read from a daily devotional book. The end of that devotional has a couple of Bible verses that are related to that devotional. So I'll look up those Bible verses and I'll find them. And if I really like them, then I'll highlight them so I can reference it back later. And then for a while I was using, um, it's called the five minute journal. I found it on Amazon and it just, it has every day. There's a page for every day. Um, there's a, like an inspirational quote at the top. And then you write three things you're grateful for three things that would make today great two daily affirmations. And then in the evening you write like three good things that happened during the day and two things that could have made the day better. So I started using the five minute journal um, and I ran through it. So now I just do it on my own. I purchased a journal again. I just went mm-hmm. to like the dollar store and bought some notebooks and I just write three things I'm grateful for, you know, and so on and so on down the list. Um, and that really, really helps put things in perspective because um, it helps you think of things you're grateful for. It helps you think of how you can make the day great for yourself, how you can make the day great for yourself. And, you know, at the end of the day, you kind of reflect on like what could have made the day better. So maybe like I could do what I, what I didn't do today, I can do tomorrow to make it a good, uh, to make it a great day. So it's been so, it's so helpful. It really is really helpful. That sounds like a great resource. I've heard that when people make a regular routine of, of journaling that way, that their general orientation seems to move in a more positive direction. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you've, experience that yeah it's helped change my thinking because it's helped highlight the good things about my life the things that I do have as opposed to what I don't have and then it's also helped me put my life in my hands like what can I do to make the day better like I'm in I'm in charge of how this day runs I'm either gonna have a negative attitude or a positive attitude and what can I do to make it a good day you know so it's like placing it in my hands. It's nobody else's. If I have a bad day, it's on me, you know, it's going to be nobody else's fault. So yeah, it just has really helped alter my thinking and putting that responsibility on me to make sure that I have a good day. Which seems like it would leave you feeling less kind of at, at the mercy of circumstances, so to speak, you know, if you're, okay. Yeah. Yeah, If you're, if you're taking responsibility, then it's going to go in the direction that you choose. It's not based on you know, did, did the weather work out the way I was hoping it would, or did some other thing come through as yeah. I was wanting it? Yeah. Cause I realized for a long time, I would play like the victim, like, Oh, this hasn't worked out for me. This isn't, this isn't that, but I'm like, no, I'm like in control of 
my life and how it goes. And there are certain things that are out of my control, but like I can control the way that I respond and my thoughts and how I process what's happened. And, you know, I, I have a great trusting in God as a higher power. Like my spirituality is, is Christian and I trust that, uh, you know, he's working my steps out in, or, in, in the order they're supposed to be and it's all going to be fine. So I trust that it's in God's hands and it's in, it's in my hands too, to make sure that I, you know, I'm doing what I, I need to do. So in looking at the experiences that you've had through the course of COVID, are there lessons that you've learned that you think you'd want to take forward with you as, as we continue moving on and, and, and hopefully coming toward the closing of this pandemic? It's made me more flexible because I'm a very like rigid person. Like I am type A, I have a, I have a plan for every single day, what time this is gonna happen, when I need to do this. And that just didn't, you know, when the pandemic hit, everything kind of got put into a tizzy, you know, your days just didn't go as planned. You had no idea what to expect. So it's made me more flexible to just kind of go with the flow of, of, of the day and, and how things are going to, how things are going to go to not, to not be so stuck on a plan. and like, it has to go, something has to go this way. Cause you just never know things are going to happen. It's going to be out of your control, but it, but you know, it has, I, I walk every day now I do my journaling, like those things I will take with me probably hopefully for the rest of my life, you know? So it's definitely benefited me in that way. And then I've, I've gotten to, to work at home. I, I like to, I, you know, it has its challenges, but I like to work at home and to be at home. And if, I don't know if this job opportunity that I've gotten with HP would have been there if, if they hadn't been hiring, you know, remotely because of COVID. Being able, being able to work at home has, has, has been a blessing. And it, I, I really feel like I, I don't know if I will ever be able to return in person anywhere, anywhere to, and in, you know, at the job where I have to get up and go to the office every single day. I don't know if I would ever be able to do that again. Um, I think that's a question a lot of people are asking themselves yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's been some positive to come out of it for sure. And, and you know, I feel like me and my son are a lot, not a lot closer. I feel like you know, um, I've always been a single parent. It's always been me and him together when he was a baby. It was just me taking care of him with the help of some family members. Um, but it's always been him and I. And I feel like uh, my life at the time, I was just working um, like a waitressing serving job in the evening. So I had all day those first two years with him. I had all day to spend at home with him. And we really bonded. Those are, you know, if you know anything about attachment um, and bonding with babies, those first six months are really critical to bonding with their primary caregiver. And I got to spend a ton of time with him during those first six months, year, two years, with me being the primary caregiver. And so I feel like we're really close because of that. It was a blessing really that I got to just kind of be home with him all day during those years. And I feel the same after COVID, like we went through a really tough time together where we both experienced a lot of changes and we got to spend a lot of time together. So our, our bond is different than it was before. You know, we're closer in a way than we were before. So. I really, I, I really like the way you put that, that you've, you went through a really difficult time together and it creates a certain kind of bond. I think that's such a great observation that when, when people go through something that's difficult together, 
and cope together, it, it does tend to bring them closer and to have had that yeah. experience with your child is yeah. really a powerful thing. Veronica, you've mentioned a host of different coping strategies that you have used and developed through the course of this. Um, if, if people wanted to learn more about some of the ideas that you've mentioned, are there any resources that they might be able to go to? Um, yeah, there's a few books that I've read that I really, really like. Right now, I'm on the tail end of reading a book called What Happened to You? And it's by Dr. Bruce Perry featuring Oprah Winfrey. I don't know if if you're familiar with it, um, but it's about trauma and how early childhood trauma um, affects people the most. Um, people who have early childhood trauma, the residual effects of it end up affecting them for a lifetime as opposed to maybe a traumatic incident that happens in the teens or early 20s. So it's focused on, on early childhood trauma, but there's a lot of pieces in there about healing and coping and just trauma in general mm -hmm. um, that I've taken a lot from. So that's a great book to read. There's a book, I don't know if I can cuss or not, but there's a book titled, uh, gosh, I, I hope I'm saying it quickly, How to Stop Feeling Like Shit. Um, and it's 14, uh, I'd have to look up the title, the, the tail end of the title, but it's like 14 reasons. Uh, it's 14 habits. 14 habits, yeah. Um, to like, you know, get your life into a better place. Um, and I don't remember the name of the author off the top of my head, but that's a really, really, really good book. It is kind of centrally focused on women, but I'm sure men can read it and take something from it too. Um, I, I believe that's by Andrea Owen. Andrea Owen. Yes. Yeah. That's a really, really good book. There's a book called Uninvited by a Christian author named Lisa, Lisa Turkhurst. Um, that's a really, really good book. It's Christian based. So it's a faith-based book. Um, and it's just about kind of just being comfortable with yourself in your own skin, you know, in life, I feel like everybody just experiences a lot of rejection and a lot of really tough things. And it's just about like, kind of keeping the focus on yourself and, and finding the strength within yourself to be comfortable uh, within yourself. I could go on and on about books. I love, I love, I love a self-help book, self-help book. There's a podcast titled Therapy for Black Girls that. I mean, anybody can listen to it, of course, um, but it's centrally focused on like mental, the mental health needs of Black women. And it, it puts a, each episode puts a focus on like a particular topic, like bipolar, postpartum depression, post-traumatic stress. Sometimes there are special guests that she interviews um, and all the information, like I said, is relevant for anybody, but um, you know, there are, there are cultural I think with any culture, there are different things affect different cultures differently, just based on how we process things and our experiences. So it kind of uh, puts puts that focus around um, what the experience is like for Black women. But it's a great podcast. And then you know, I listen to a lot of Christian based podcast mm -hmm. shows. So I love Joel Osteen. I love um, Joyce Meyer. I love Bishop T.D. Jakes. There's a church down in Los Angeles called Zoe Church. Um, there's an amazing pastor named Chad Beach that I watch every week on YouTube and I read his books. So there's a ton, there's a ton of resources. There's so many. I identify as a highly sensitive person. So there's a particular set of, I guess, characteristics or ways, ways that we respond to 
two things, um, experiences, circumstances um, as a HSP. And there's a website called the highly sensitive person.com. It's really great because we're very, uh, we're, we were in, like HSPs are introverts. So we like to just kind of be with ourselves. We have no problem being alone, spending time with ourselves, keeping ourselves occupied. We don't like loud noises. We don't like crowds. Um, I guess you could probably call it anxiety too, but um, that's just kind of, that website has a lot of great articles and like tips on how to manage um, relationships and how to communicate um, as an HSP. That sounds like great information. I really, I appreciate all those resources and and I think our listeners will probably find many of those to be very helpful. So thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. So before we wrap up, Are there any final thoughts or anything else that you would want to share with people in regard to self-care as we continue looking out for our well-being as we're coming through COVID? A couple of things. I think you have to find what works for you because I'm, you know, I feel like I have a very mellow personality. So reading and going on light walks and music, you know, works for me, but that may not work for somebody else. You know, they may need to go on a three mile run or they may need to like listen to loud music or, you know, so you kind of have to find what works for you just because it works for somebody else and it doesn't work for you. Doesn't mean like nothing, nothing's going to work for you. You know, you have to find what works for you. And I think therapy going to uh, mental health counseling is, is amazing. And so, so, so important just to have that person to talk to and to process things with that's kind of on the outside of your life like they're not a friend they're not a spouse they're not a relative they don't have any kind of emotional ties to some of the personal issues you may be going through so they can really um you know they can work through what you're going through with with, with a therapeutic modality like cbt or dbt or something like that but they, they just can give you a perspective that you may not see or that anybody else in your life may not see because they're just not emotionally invested and tied or to what you have going on. So I think therapy is really, really important to find like a good therapist that you can talk to is amazing, is, is the best. It's the best thing. It's like life, life-saving, life-changing. I appreciate you saying that. And, and it, it reminds me of something you, you mentioned at the very beginning of, of our, our conversation, that the person that you were talking with, um, you, were, you connected with through your primary care practice or provider. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if people are aware that many, many primary care providers have integrated counseling into their services now, and that yeah. that might be a resource that they could access through primary care. Yeah, I, I just knew I needed it. So I, just, I, you know, I got really lucky. I just went on the website and I, they have uh, pictures of all of their clinicians and a description of who they are and what they focus on in their, in their work. So I chose, I chose the person I chose and went to the risk department and it just worked out. So I got really lucky that the first person that I chose, I just, it, it worked. I really felt like I, she was a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just kind of have to, find the person that works for you, you know. That's great. Veronica, thank you so much. You're welcome. I really appreciate all your, all your thoughts, all the ideas that you've shared today. I, I think thank this you. will be very helpful for a lot of people. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed myself. Thank you. Help is here. 
If you or someone you know is struggling with mental health or substance use concerns, contact 1-833-TO-FIND-HELP. This podcast is produced by Advocates for Human Potential and supported wholly or in part through an emergency COVID-19 grant to the Illinois Department of Human Services, Division of Substance Use Prevention and Recovery from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. The sentiments expressed in this podcast are not endorsed by any of these involved entities.